And so it is. Dear Shambra, we gather together again in this sacred, safe space. I take this moment to be together with you as a group of Shambra and also to be with you individually and very personally right now. It is an honor, as always, for I, Tobias, to address this group of esteemed new consciousness workers. It's an honor and even somewhat of a humor for me to be here teaching you, because indeed you are the teachers. Somewhere along the line you asked me to help you to understand and remember what you already know. You asked me to remain on the other side for as long as I possibly could, so I could take this walk with you. I could help you to understand what you're going through, but things that you may not be consciously aware of. You asked me to be your note-taker. You asked me to be the recorder of your consciousness and your journey and to remind you from time to time, like I do, of what you're going through, why you're here, and what the potentials of you actually hold. Not Saint Germain, not Kathumi, not I Tobias, and not even Kuan Yin are grander than you. We're simply on the other side. We're not so deeply immersed into this thing called the human condition. We haven't dived into it like you have. You are absolutely in. You're feeling it and experiencing it on every level. You just asked us to remind you from time to time that you're not who you think you are. You're not a limited human. You don't have some sort of destiny already laid out for you, and you're not making mistakes. You're gathering experience like never before, but you're not making mistakes. Let us start this shout, and I have to say here before we start this shout, we've been working together for so very long, back into the times of the temples of Tien back into the times of dating before Yeshua and into the times of Yeshua, through the history of histories. I've become so close and attached to you in every different way. We gather at night. We work together on the new earth. We go off to the Chambra service center together, sometimes individually and sometimes as a group. It's a bit odd to be in this situation now of my impending return to earth through through Sam, my time when we work so closely together and it's going to change. It's over a year of time from now, but if you consider the number of centuries, years and experiences that we've worked together, it seems like it's coming up so quick. I have to say there's a bit of reluctance on my part, and I have to share with you, I haven't even shared with Kaldra, there's been times when 
my compassion for you and my care for each one of you, it actually led me to reconsider my choice of coming back to earth, being with Sam. There's been times sitting in my cottage by myself when I've said, maybe I'm better staying here. Maybe I'm better continuing to work with you as I do from the other realms rather than being right in there with you as Sam. And times when I've thought that perhaps I could be of more service to you, then, then I stop and think about the beauty and the joy and believe it or not, the liberation of being an angel in human form. I think about the good that can be done for my own soul self as well as all of who are willing to join with me and join with Shambra. And I think about the beauty of being a human, the ability to touch another person, the ability to get together with Shambra, to sing a few songs or to tell a few stories, the ability to enjoy a glass of wine and many, many good laughs, and it's irresistible. I have to come back. <laughs> There's some other reasons, too, that you know as well as I do, but I won't speak them through Calder's mouth, but reasons I so long to be on earth again. <laughs> but I have you know that I have, I have thought about it. I have thought about this choice. Such a fine journey we are having together. I'm going to ask today that you do two homework assignments. I'll tell you one now and one in just a few minutes. But the one for now is tonight, no matter what you do or where you are, whether it is nighttime, whether it will be early in the morning for you when we're done, take a moment to celebrate yourself. Celebrate what you've done. I know it escapes you sometimes, the magnitude of consciousness work, because it doesn't have a direct, um, specific, physical manifestation. It's hard to even measure consciousness in known terms right now. It's hard from where you sit to see the effect that your work has on humanity in general, as well as on angels in all of the realms. Tonight, celebrate yourself in some way. Have a good laugh or a good cry, which some of you need. Do something for yourself, which you wouldn't normally do. Even just breathe for a while, but celebrate you. There's two things we'd like to do as we get into this shout. The first is, let us create and also honor this safe space. Safe space is perhaps the greatest invention, well, definitely the greatest invention since religion and psychoanalysis put together and then some. The safe space, which all of you helped to create, such a simple concept, doesn't have to be difficult, can be so very simple. St. Germain asked me to give you a hard time today. I earned it. Thank you. The safe space is such a beautifully simple concept and consciousness. 
when you allow the safe space, when you create it for yourself or a group creates it, it eases the tension. It keeps you from having to be on guard. It keeps you from having to worry and wonder and to have doubt. And in the safe space, you can allow the natural rebalancing of energies. You can create it anywhere, anytime, any place. You don't have to stress with it. You don't have to force it. You just choose it. And you bring it into your reality with the deep breath. Let us together choose the safe space. But today, choose it for your consciousness, the safe space for your awareness, for you. As you take a deep breath and you choose the safe space, and we do it together as a group, allow all of you to join you. We're not going to reveal too much here, but it is a beautiful and simple Kasumi concept. All of you to be here, not just the Shambra part of you. You know, many of you just invited the Shambra aspect of you to this gathering today. How about inviting all of you to be here? The part that's not quite so holy, the part that's very human and very frustrated with being human. All of the aspects of you from the past and all of the potentials that you have to choose from tomorrow and the next day and the next day. Take a deep breath and invite all of you into this safe space. In this safe space now, let us call on perhaps the greatest thing since laser surgery. We call it standard technology. You see, you have been out there doing this work of consciousness as well as doing the work of being a human being, interacting with other humans, but also you're interacting with non-human energies. You're interacting with angelic beings, but also beings that are caught, stuck in the near-earth realms. You're dealing with emotions and feelings of other people in one way or the other. That is what you are doing. That is. That is what you have taken on as your job. Your job isn't doing what you think you do, being an office administrator or being a nurse or being a healer. Your job right now is to be one who helps to evolve consciousness. And in doing so, you are interacting with energies on every different level. These energies and these consciousnesses come into your field or your space, so to speak. They come into your body and your mind, into your consciousness. Because you are open, because you are feeling. And even if you take that breath and release them, there's always a bit of residue left, a bit of build-up or energetic dust that clings to you. Now in this safe space, you can use the essence of standard technology to release that, to cleanse your body, to cleanse your consciousness, your mind, without any effort. It is just choosing. Your body, your mind, your spirit, your nost, they all know how to rebalance and to rejuvenate. <clears throat> but 
I see here in particular that so many of you have taken it into your body this past month. You're learning now how to cope with the consciousness much better, but your body still has a tendency to pick up these outside energies and imbalances and hold on to them, to store them. So let's take a deep breath right now and allow the natural rejuvenation of your body. Take a deep breath. See, you don't have to play mind games. You just have to give permission. Dear body, you already know how to to cleanse yourself, to balance yourself. Some of you have little energy build-ups inside of you. I guess you could say much like a tooth would get a cavity. It's time to let that go. Some of you are storing it in your bones, many of you in your vital organs. It's not overwhelming, no need to fear. It's not at a toxic level. Take a deep breath and let your body release any of these imbalances easily and naturally. Many of you pick up things that you call colds and flus or even allergies, and you can become very concerned about these. You wonder what's wrong with your body. Perhaps your body knows that a cold or a flu or any of these other things are also natural ways to release the buildups that you happen to bring into your body. But then you doubt yourself. You wonder why you are a spiritual being who is getting sick. You're not sick. You're cleansing. What truly helps with the cleansing process besides the breathing is drinking the pure water. The pure water helps to cleanse out some of the buildups, buildups that are in your skin, for instance. Many of you experiencing itching lately, slight rashes. The water will help cleanse these out, but more than anything else, it's about giving permission to your body to rejuvenate. Let's do that right now. Take a deep breath. Let some of those Let some of those imbalances, impurities, be flushed. Some of them are going to flush energetically. That means in a non-physical way, they're just going to be released back into the ethereal levels. Some of them are going to be purged by the body itself. And you know how the body tends to purge, so don't try to stop the process. Don't try to fight it. It is natural natural. In this space, you can allow your body to rejuvenate. It deserves you doing this on occasion. Just getting very relaxed in a safe space, just stopping for a moment, giving permission to all those physical and consciousness aspects of yourself to rebalance. You're out there doing very difficult work, doing challenging work that goes beyond where humans are today in general. And it's not surprising that you pick up a few a few wounds, a few scars, you pick up some residual energy. 
It's time to shake it off here. Take a deep breath. We have several guests today that we would like to bring in. The first is a small group, seven to be specific, of crystal children. These are ones who are coming in very, very soon. They're going to be taking on physical bodies. They've been studying on the new earth with you. And this small group who represents many, many who are coming in, a small group comes in to share a very direct experience with you in this physical reality. They come in to feel your energy, to feel what it's like being in a body and having the mind, and more than anything, to feel what it's like to have doubt. They want to understand this very odd and peculiar type of consciousness virus called doubt. They're coming in and observing. You don't have to hide anything from them. It is very, it's very prevalent for humans to have doubt. Not natural, but prevalent. They come in to observe, to be with you. And they would like to be around you for several days. They're going to take what they are observing and feeling back to the others who are studying on the New Earth and in the monotray prior to coming here and taking on bodies on Earth. They're not going to intrude on you. They're not going to ask a lot of questions. They just want to sense. There's another guest who we bring in today. Take a deep breath and Without trying to guess, just feel into this energy. The guest we bring in today has been requesting to come in for quite some time. He has actually had lifetimes on Earth before. He's actually incarnate on Earth again, but one of his very um, prominent aspects wants to come in today to share this time to learn something from Shambra, learn something that is going to set him free, potentially, and to set many others free as well. Our guest today, perhaps some of you are even sensing or smelling a bit of um, peculiar odors, particularly a cigar odor, Dr. Sigmund Freud. Dr. Freud, this aspect comes in particularly to observe what we call the new consciousness. Now, Dr. Freud, as many of you know, was born in the mid-1800s and committed suicide shortly before World War II. Dr. Freud came in to basically open the doors of this thing called psychoanalysis. Dr. Freud was very much in his mind in that lifetime, very much in the mind and not so much in the feelings. And this aspect of Dr. Freud has been very distressed and very, very tormented for a variety of reasons. First, that he felt he was not able to, to cure himself. When he was on earth, he had these brilliant, um, at the time, these wonderful concepts and ideas about analysis, 
about looking back into the childhood, looking at the relationship particularly between the child, the mother, the father, other members of the family, and focusing the analysis on what happened in the youth and how the child self interrelated to the others. He pioneered work in psychoanalysis, which to this day is still practiced here on earth. But when Dr. Freud was not able to heal himself, either mentally, for yes, he gave himself a a difficult uh, upbringing to give himself empathy for what he would be doing with others on the couch later on, but he was not able to heal his physical body. And he felt that because of that he had failed. In the end, he ended, up, he ended up taking his own life, committing suicide. Not just walking out of his body with feeling of joy and fulfillment, but actually being depressed, having given in to his physical ailments, for when they feeling that they were actually stronger than he. And feeling that so much of what he had taught, so many of the um, principles of modern psychology were perhaps false. When he crossed over to the other side, as you could imagine, he went immediately to the near realms. And in the near realms, there are many what you would now call psycho wards. <laughs> These are those who are not only mentally disturbed, but spiritually disturbed. And he found himself in the near realms in what you would call these illusionary psycho wards, mental hospitals, filled with souls who had crossed over, who were agonized and tormented, who were still in the mind. Dr. Freud went there and felt he was looking in a mirror at his own life, feeling that he had failed because many who he encountered he'd actually had on the couch. When he saw them on the other side, it truly put him in his own hell. He felt he had failed them, and he also felt that if his work on earth continued with the type of psychoanalysis that he had started, that it would cause many, many more humans to end up in the near-earth psycho-wards. He has been wandering the earth, distressed and troubled, very ghost-like, until finally, not so very long ago, he called out for help. By the way, as any disincarnate spirit can do, any lost spirit can call out for help. When he did, he surrendered such a part of him, the mental part, the analytical part, the part that was focused on his own ego, his own identity, trapped identity, as Dr. Sigmund Freud. In the surrender, it allowed him to see that he was surrounded by beings, beings of spirit, by angelic beings, and beings who loved him for the work that he did do on earth because he helped to change consciousness. He had been in such a place of self-doubt that he was literally eating away at his own energy. He had been in a place of such remorse over 
the limitations that he had put on his own work. Some level within him, he knew that if he had gone beyond just the regression into childhood and the focus on the literal or the physical parent figures, if he had actually taken that to another level and understood the parent, albeit the mother, the father, the child self as aspects, aspects that transcend the human and the mental condition, if he had gone beyond just the childhood and into the discussion of past lives, the things that you now know as aspectology, your past life, the creative portions of yourself in this lifetime, if he had gone there, perhaps that would have altered and changed the whole nature of consciousness today. Dr. Sigmund Freud doubts himself. So we bring him in now to the Crimson Circle to see humans who understand the concept. You see, he did know it at a deeper level. He felt it, but he was afraid to discuss it openly. Dr. Freud discussed the issues of aspectology and the issues of past life and the issues of non-physical realities, the issues of the many multi-dimensional nature of the self. He discussed this from time to time with a few individuals, but he would not step out amongst his peers. He would not step out with the universities that he taught at, and he would not step out in working with his clients to go beyond the limitations of the psychoanalysis that he professed. So that part of him is very sad, very depressed. That part of him has been lost and wandering. Now, another part of him has incarnated back on earth right now. You can imagine the conflict that that is creating for that physical entity now on earth. It feels the sadness and the depression. It feels the doubt and it feels the danger of getting involved in anything to do with consciousness. Dr. Freud's identity now is as a young man living in Switzerland, working in a factory, doing menial mundane work. He feels a tremendous desire to open up. Every time he hears his fellow workers talking about situations in their life, he wants to jump in and share with them that there's so much more, so much more. There is what you would call basic spiritual principles, easy, simple principles that can literally launch a being into a whole new level of consciousness, but he doubts himself. Actually, he's feeling the doubt of this aspect called Sigmund Freud, so he won't speak, he won't talk about it. He limits himself, and in that limitation, he's living in his own hell. Can you imagine at a deeper level? Well, yes, you can imagine, can't you? <laughs> at a deeper level, knowing something to be true, but not sharing it, not expressing it, 
knowing something to be so profoundly and deeply true, but holding back out of fear and out of doubt, that is living hell. You have to create all sorts of barriers. You have to fool yourself to limit yourself. And that is exactly what Dr. Freud and his entity walking on earth are doing right now. Dr. Freud is here as the guest to see a group of humans who don't necessarily have degrees on the wall. And perhaps he is saying right now, that is a good thing. Humans who didn't go to university to study the mechanics of the mind or of consciousness, because no university right now can truly do that. No accredited university. Dr. Freud is here to observe and to learn from you and perhaps liberate himself, perhaps not carry around that doubt and that grief anymore. He sees in you what he felt in himself. There are these things called aspects. There is something called the soul. The mother, father aspect don't have to be the literal biological mother and father. The things that happened in youth, especially those things related to sex, are a virus, not a fault. And that virus can be purged out through the simple act of loving yourself. So take a moment, I ask each one of you, to open your hearts and your consciousness to Dr. Freud, not to feel sorry for him, not to do anything other than to show him who you are. Because when you show him your heart of hearts, that will help him to understand that there is, there is a new consciousness. And there are a group of humans who are working at it. And psychoanalysis today doesn't have to be limited to the principles that he helped to establish. It can expand. And perhaps this liberation of Dr. Freud will help liberate that human incarnation who has closed himself down to life, who is working in a factory when yet he has so much to offer, but who doubts himself so much. Perhaps it would liberate this factory worker who is not at all happy with what he's doing, to actually join the ranks of Shambra around the world. Perhaps this incarnation of Dr. Freud right now would join Chambra and become a teacher and will open himself to his truth while sharing it with others. Dr. Freud may hang around for a while, may come around with you. He will have a few angels from our side accompanying him, kind of like in the Charles Dickens story of Scrooge. (laughs) He wants to observe, he wants to see what, what you do, how you do it, and he wants to see how you handle your homework assignment. We'll give it early and we'll remind you again later. Dear Chambra, take a deep breath. 
The homework assignment is very simple. Now, simple doesn't mean it doesn't contain challenges, by the way. Simple just means if you get out of your mind, you just do it, it's really quite simple. Contained within simplicity can be complexity, if you're that type of person. Simple can be easy and smooth, and it can make things go very, very efficient. Or simple, simple could mean the final step at the end of a long and complex and painful and difficult and challenging process. And you get to the end of that process and you say, but the answer was so simple. <laughs> the homework assignment is very simple. In the next 30 days, tell at least four people who you are. Tell them that you are a new consciousness teacher. Tell them that you are a high consciousness being who's here on earth right now to help open up and expand the potentials for others who are willing to evolve. Tell them that, four people. Don't mumble it. <laughs> Don't couch it in goofy discussion. Do they have to be awake? <laughs> Do it when you are very clear and very conscious about what you are saying, because, dear Shambra, it's time to stop hiding. It's time to stop pretending. Use this example of Dr. Freud, who regrets that he didn't go further, that he didn't open up. He was so caught up in what others would think. He was so caught up with his degrees and his tenure and his status and all of the rest of that, that he didn't open up, and it has caused him tremendous torment of the soul. Tell four people this next month who you are. Don't apologize. Don't try to define it. If you're going mental, stop, take a deep breath, and be very clear. Tell them you're a teacher of new consciousness. And when they say, what school did you go to? You could tell them you're part of Shambra. It in itself is the classroom of the new consciousness. Tell them that your experience and your credentials is many, many lifetimes of mistakes <laughs> and successes. Tell them that you are a teacher of new consciousness because you have chosen it. It doesn't have to be bestowed on you by another, but you have chosen it. Tell them that you are on the planet right now to enjoy life for yourself, to show others that life can be joyful, and loving, and you are there on earth right now for any human who should want to hear more. It's that simple. That's your homework. If you are not encountering four people in the next month, you are probably hiding far deeper than you possibly know. Tell it to a clerk at the store while they're ringing up your purchases. 
tell it to somebody who's waiting in line with you at the airport. Tell it to a child at the park. Your dogs and pets do not count. <laughs> tell it to four people this next month, because, dear Shambra, you're here for a reason, because you chose it. You're here to do exactly what you're doing, but now it's time to step out from behind the shadows. You can feel it in yourself, that frustration. You know what this is about. You know where we're all going. You know what consciousness is. You know all of this, but you hold back. We'll talk about this in a moment, but let us move on now with the discussion for the day and the additional inviting in of Dr. Freud. Last month was a time of measurement of consciousness on Earth. It is done on a regular basis, and it is led by the group called the Cryon. Most of the entities who are channeled right now on Earth by humans also participate in the process. It is difficult to define how exactly this measurement is done, but it is a feeling into, or as St. Germain would say, a diving deep into the consciousness of humanity. As each one of the entities dives deep and allows their findings to be collected on a consciousness level, it creates a type of um, measurement. And the measurement uh, is not done on our side necessarily in numbers or we don't use uh, electronic instruments or meters. It is done in what you would call a, um, a spectrum range. It is a type of light range, but it is, not, uh, it is not in the light range that you know. And in this spectrum, it helps us to understand where the consciousness of humanity is so that we, on the other side, understand what is needed to serve consciousness. The consciousness, consciousness measurement is taken so the appropriate energies can be moved in to support consciousness, or in some cases in the history, not moved in. There are angelic beings who help bring energy in to shuttle it, to bring it through old and very, very new portals to Earth to respond to the needs and the desires of humans. This consciousness measurement is taken on a fairly regular basis now. It is tracked very, very closely by angelic orders on the other side. And then the energy moves in appropriately. The consciousness measurement on Earth also has an effect in the angelic realms and of movements of consciousness and energy in the non-physical realms. So it becomes very, very important. It's like coming out with, um, on Earth you have your economic reports, your state of the unions, you have all these different measurements to help you understand where things are. But we do it on this side as well. For a little bit of um, very, very brief history, consciousness measurement has a benchmark that was taken at the time of Yeshua. And not because of Yeshua, but because of timing. At the time of Yeshua, approximately 2,000 years ago, there were approximately 200 million people on Earth. And the consciousness benchmark that was created back then was one. 
the number one. I'm using human terms here now. Prior to that, it was a fraction of one. For instance, in approximately 600 um, BCE, the consciousness measurement was approximately 0.81. The significance of the number one is simply the understanding at a conscious level that there is a trinity, that there is a, a different aspects of self, a self-awareness, first of the human aspect, Secondly, of the human's divine nature, and thirdly, of a divine nature within all things. And approximately 2,008 years ago, the consciousness of humanity arrived at that consciousness, that there was the human, that there was a spirit of all things, and there was a divine part, although it was thought that divine part of self was highly removed from the human. That helped to create the benchmark of one. Now, interestingly, as we have taken measurements over all of these 2,008 years, there has been a very a direct correlation between consciousness, consciousness measurement and what you would call your calendar years. So at approximately the year 1,000, the consciousness measurement was approximately 1,000 as well. In the year 2007, the consciousness measurement of humanity was approximately 2,007. This is significant because it should have that type of evolution or that pattern to it. There's been times when it was dipped a little lower, gone a little higher, but generally it has followed calendar years, and this is absolutely no coincidence at all. The saturation point for consciousness, known even back when, was approximately 2,000, the measurement number of 2,000. Literally in 2007, the human consciousness reached a an extreme point that created a quantum leap, which means a new potential in 2007. And of course, you know this as our quantum leap event. Over the course of time, the population has generally grown faster than consciousness. Here in the year 2007, the consciousness, or 2008, the consciousness measurement that we recently took was 2008. However, the population has grown much faster than consciousness. 2,000 years ago, there were 200 million approximate people on Earth. Right now, there are 6.5 billion approximate people on Earth. This is creating an interesting dynamic within consciousness. And now it is important to bring in the potential, to bring in the expansion of consciousness now to meet the broader population that is on Earth. What we are saying here is instead of the, the consciousness measurement of Earth being 2,008 points, it needs to grow faster because the population is growing faster. The Earth, as you know it right now, 
the physical earth as well as the electromagnetics, the magnetics, the portals of earth and all the other associated structures that help create earth can hold approximately 10 billion people under the current systems that the earth has. You're at 6.5 billion now. This number of 10 billion will be reached in approximately 2033 based on current growth rates and potentials. So that leaves, dear Shambra, you can do the math on it, that leaves approximately 25 years. 25 years is something that nearly all of you are going to see in your lifetime. In order for Earth to continue to be able to sustain itself, now with the responsibility placed on the humans and being taken gently, but being taken off of Gaia, Consciousness needs to continue to expand, but at a greater rate. New technology needs to come in to support a larger population. Or, in a very, um, in a way where things tend to work themselves out, the population will not be allowed to go beyond a certain point. Or, as you can imagine, it opens up the potential of things like disease large natural destruction, and all of these things that would bring the population back into a more reasonable level. I don't want to get dramatic here. I'm not sounding any alarms. I'm trying to state that consciousness on Earth right now, consciousness needs to grow faster. Humans in general are ready for it. They are very, very ready. When we took our consciousness measurement recently, we also measure potentials. It's not a in a direct alignment with the reality that's taking place, but we measure potentials. And there are more potential capabilities surrounding Earth right now, but that is the problem. They're surrounding, not just the physical, but also the consciousness of Earth. They're not being brought in. They're being held at bay. Humans right now, in general, are looking for new answers. They are looking for something new within themselves, but they don't know where to go for these answers. They are blocked, they are frustrated, and more than anything, they doubt themselves. So they're holding back, and when they hold back, it also prevents new potentials for things like technology, for things like medicine and healing, for things like food, food on Earth. It prevents these things from becoming a reality. That, in effect, keeps the consciousness from expanding as it would like to right now, and could present some sort of challenge in the years ahead for this Earth. Remember, Earth right now, based on current technology, fuel use, based on consciousness itself, based on all of these factors can support approximately 10 billion. Right now is a time of 
opening these potentials that already exist, that are already lingering. It is like it is like receiving a huge shipment of supplies, but keeping them locked away in the storehouse, nailed up in their crates, and ignoring the fact that they're, that they're there. There are huge potentials for for new energy right now, and it's not some conspiracy on earth that's keeping them out of the hands of humans. It's not the oil companies. Oil companies would love to get new energy because they would learn how to profit from it immediately. They're not afraid of it. They would welcome it, but they're stuck because consciousness is, in a way, stuck. All of these supplies, you could say, are sitting in the warehouse. They've been delivered into the um, into the general reality potential of Earth, but they're not being utilized. At a deep level, humans right now want to understand what you understand. They want to learn the things that you've learned. They want to know that there's something grander than just this one life existence on Earth and then heaven or hell. They want to understand the simple things that you have learned for yourself, things like choice, things like taking a deep breath, things like loving yourself, very, very simple concepts. But who is there to tell them about it? Who is there opening themselves? Well, it would be Shambra. When we measured when we measured the consciousness of Shambra this last month, that consciousness has gone over what you would calculate at 3,000. Shambra has a much higher consciousness of than the typical human because they realize there is the human self. They're aware of their human selves. That is, uh, that is very rudimentary. Shambra, you are aware of a what you would call a higher, grander power in things. You realize that there is there is a God. There is a love and a flow and a unified consciousness. There is something beyond the human condition. You also realize that there is a divine. You realize that there is a divine part of you and more than anything you realize that it is you. It's not some golden angel that you meet after you die. It's not a part of you hidden away somewhere that you're going to have a hard time discovering. It's part you're realizing that wants to and can be with you in this reality right now. That in itself, plus all of the other magnificent things you understand, puts your consciousness well above 3,000. Now, we want to make sure that you don't <laughs> misuse these numbers, because again, on our side, it's not numbers. It is a, it is in the spectrum of what we'd call light or awareness. But we're just trying to show you that you have tremendous consciousness. Consciousness being awareness, perception, and awareness more than anything else of yourself and your relationship then to all the other parts of yourself the relationship of those parts of itself to the relationship of humanity and the angelic realms. Your consciousness is a beautiful thing and quite high.
So you say, dear Tobias, that's wonderful, it sounds good, but let me back up a moment. For those who want to understand how to measure consciousness, it's actually quite simple. I'm going to ask some of you that are have a, um, a good um, base of consciousness and technology. It's very simple. If you want to measure consciousness of humanity, you use the combination of a of a um, pure water, in other words, water that hasn't been uh, distilled uh, mechanically or in any other way, but spring water, for instance, that comes straight from the ground, or rainwater. Use approximately um, oh a liter or two of this water. Take the the internet and take. There are certain vibrations, certain uh, uh, energies that come off the internet, and the combination with some of your electrical instruments and a little bit of um, intuition, you can quickly come up with a way to measure consciousness. The internet is a representation of human consciousness right now. Even though there are many people not on it, it is tended to be the collective source. You can go to any web page on the internet, now not email here, but any web page, and you're instantly tapped into the consciousness of humanity and all of its layers. Using a few electrical devices, you can measure this. You can also measure your own consciousness in the same way. Again, the combination of the pure water and your own essence. Holding the appropriate type of um, device, I don't want to get into too many details here, but you can hook up and measure where your consciousness is. Although I know Shambra isn't going to rush out to do this because you know it within yourself. So Shambra, you have this tremendous consciousness, this tremendous awareness. So what's happening right now? What's happening is that the doubt comes in. And doubt, doubt is a very difficult and challenging thing. Doubt is what has been eating away at our dear Professor Freud. Doubt is the thing that has been blocking you. Now, it's interesting because those with a more open mind, a spiritual um, bent in life, they talk about things like negativity. There's been many books written about negative thoughts. You're trained, you're taught to... <laughs> you're trained, you're taught to... Black out your negative, to um, not speak negative, not think negative. That actually causes more problems than not. You're denying part of yourself that is very, very real. It's very, very negative. Things are very, very real. The negativity corresponds beautifully to the positive, and to try to create false positive creates an unnatural flow of energy. And that unnatural flow of energy will cause you to basically, um, your energy to back up and you get very stagnant. And when you get stagnant, you run to the mind to try to rescue you and gets even more stagnant. And that's when depression, lack of joy, no passion, all of these other symptoms come in. Instead of trying to think positive, not have negative thoughts. Take a look at doubt. Doubt is when you 
question yourself. It's very different than being negative. You can be highly negative and never doubt yourself. As some of you became experts in doing. Doubt is looking at a very distorted and smoky, cloudy mirror. When you allow yourself to doubt who you are and why you're here, when you don't follow the truth within, you see yourself as something that you're not. And that mirror that you're looking in becomes very responsive to the doubt, and it gives you a reflection of who you the the doubt portion of you rather than the true portion of you. Doubt comes into your life, it immediately and naturally restricts the flow of energy. The doubt causes you to to basically compress, energetically compress yourself. Doubt in itself is a type of virus that goes in and starts eating away at you. It starts segmenting you. It starts breaking you into pieces, as Andra has discovered in her work with Aspectology. Doubt creates barriers and walls in all the various places of yourself. The only way out of doubt, or let us rephrase that, the best way out of your doubt is to go back into what you truly feel and know about yourself and then express it. Shambhur, you've been doubting yourselves, and that has been causing kind of an interesting restriction or interesting um, distortion between the high consciousness levels that you're at and what you're actually manifesting or bringing into your lives. The doubt is now what we would call the barrier. The doubt is the veil. The doubt literally reinforces and strengthens that thing that you call the veil. The veil being that illusionary type of barrier between you and the divine, between the physical and the non-physical. Doubt intensifies that. To get out of doubt is to express your truth. That's why we say your homework, your homework for this month is to tell four people who you are, to share it, and to be very aware of what's going on when you tell them. Oh, go beyond the strange looks, if any. Go beyond even the doubt that you have in yourself as you share the words. Watch the reaction. Watch what happens when you tell them who you are. For a lot of them, it's going to light something within them. They're going to want to know more. They're going to maybe walk away at the moment, but come back later. Part of them is going to be doubting. Part of them is going to wonder if you're just trying to sell them anything or convert them to anything. But that true essence part of them is going to want to know more. They're going to want to hear what you have to say, not what I, Tobias, have to say. That will really create doubt in their mind. They're going to know, want to know what you have to say. They want to know what's in your heart. 
I want to know what's going on within you. As you express who you are, as you go beyond your own doubt, as you take a few risks, you'll feel the transformation within yourself. Because you're moving beyond doubt. You're not allowing this virus, this this self-virus, to continue eating away at you and continuing dragging you down. You're at an interesting place where you know that potential is out there, whatever that potential is. You know that your dreams can actually be part of your reality. But that doubt comes in and starts going through what-ifs and buts. It starts exploring possibilities that are very doubtful, very dark. If you just start sharing who you are, if you go beyond that barrier of doubt right now, your consciousness, when measured, is going to take that next large leap in itself. You understand the concepts. You've heard the concepts. They are your concepts. But now, when are you going to start actually living it, going beyond the doubt? With that, Chambra, the homework is very simple. And by the way, tell four people who are not Chambra. Yes, yes, yes. We're a bit of mind reading here. We could always tell the large number in this group alone here in the mountains was going to go tell four other Shambra today. That's um, not what we're speaking of. And please, for those of you who are going to dinner tonight as a group, spare the um, the waitress the um, burden of having 20 Shambra. She already knows. That's why she creates a safe space. Tell four others. Tell four others. Um, starting tomorrow, who you are. Go beyond the doubt. Thank you for allowing Dr. Freud in, for he doubted himself. He held back what he knew. He got so caught up in the structures that he was in and the institutions that he was in that he held back, and it's caused him tremendous agony and tremendous grief. But perhaps, just perhaps, being here today with Shambra will allow him his freedom. And so it is.